This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Tell a friend to subscribe to The Latest on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to hear a special, longer version of this week's episode, just start playing this back at half speed. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, January 11. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. What's always been Donald Trump's megaphone, now silence. Twitter permanently banning the commander-in-chief's personal account with 88 million followers. He can still get the message out through his digital media director, Dan Scavino. Those voices are discussing deplatforming, a term that describes a particular type of political activism, as well as a common repair carried out by Elton John's cobbler. As media platforms removed President Trump from a wide variety of networks and professional services over the weekend, many internet users around the world were left to consider the same question. Did my computer just reclaim 300 plus pounds of hard drive space? On January 8, in the tweet no longer heard around the world, Mr. Trump was permanently suspended from Twitter for violating its terms of service, lending new meaning to the phrase, pull to refresh. Twitter followed Facebook's lead, which had banned the leader of the free world the previous day for riling up raging, poorly informed white supremacists on the grounds that he was stealing their bit. And the president's access to the broader internet at large quickly tumbled like a row of dominoes, banning the man from virtually every form of social media. Snapchat, Twitch, TikTok, even Pinterest. So if he wants to enviously reference the images pinned to his board of adoring crowds at Nuremberg rallies he aspires to emulate, he'll need to buy a ticket to the Holocaust Museum. In a fitting response to a man who's tested the patience and resolve of a lifetime's worth of professional septic services throughout the East Coast, he's also been banned from the very plumbing of the internet. Stripe and PayPal, for instance, will no longer process payments on his campaign's behalf rendering it impossible for him to half-heartedly apologize for inciting an insurrection in the Venmo comments. And it's not just the switch beneath Mr. Trump's amber waves of gray that's been flicked to mute. Many of his enablers have lost their memes of communication, who are already reeling from the reduced impact of scratching obscenities into the stalls of truck stop bathrooms due to reduced foot traffic brought forth by the pandemic. Not only was alt-Reich Twitter knockoff Parler removed from the Apple and Google app stores, it was kicked off of cloud hosting services by Amazon. So if you were hoping to connect with other like-minded burnouts to help numb the pain of your aimless, ostracized lifestyle, you'll have to wait until Kid Rock starts touring again. One of the country's largest talk radio companies has even threatened to fire its hosts if they say that the election was stolen, hoping to use amplitude modulation to turn on some audience moderation for those attuned to attitude manipulation. Many have taken issue with the means by which the president has been jiggled into oblivion off of the nation's home screen, accusing social media and tech companies of censorship, double standards, and First Amendment restrictions to free speech. Not only should Mr. Trump be entitled to yell fire in a crowded room, his enablers should be able to spread that message so that they can start their own fires in order to prove his point. Even people like Germany's Angela Merkel have called the social media evictions problematic, believing that freedom of opinion should be like public nudity throughout Deutschland. Permitted, with common sense restrictions. And I agree that this is a problem that needs to be addressed through legislation. I've talked repeatedly about the need for social media companies to police their own content, at least a little more effectively than, say, police tasked with keeping fascists out of the Capitol. 
At a bare minimum, there need to be more penalties imposed immediately for people posting white supremacist content or any realtor who invites you to like their page as they struggle to navigate their midlife decision to either finish grad school or get a divorce. But because the Senate's Geppetto does not allow legislation to magically transform from a wooden bill into a real law, tech companies taking action to restrict access to their platforms is one of the best available options at this given moment. That's because, for one thing, I don't see any evidence that the president's speech has actually been restricted. Just because he's not allowed to command his troops to occupy the Smithsonian from a tap on the toilet because the blood is taking too long to dry on his presidential portrait doesn't mean that he's lost access to the White House press briefing room, network news, cable news, radio stations, newspapers, wire services, business cards, fortune cookies, or the other forms of communication that were, just a few decades ago, considered, you know, methods of communication. And second, Companies like Facebook and Twitter are private corporations who are free to do whatever they'd like within the bounds of the law because they're people too, which you might not believe based on the amount of welfare they're permitted to receive. And just as it's fine for Walmart to hang up a sign that says no shoes, no shirt, no service as if it's going to make a difference, or for a baker to slam the door on a gay couple hoping to buy a wedding cake because it conflicts with his religious belief that the customer is always straight, it doesn't matter if they want your business. It's none of your business. That's also why it's possible for the owner of the Elmhurst Cigar Shop to warn Illinois residents that Biden voters are no longer welcome in his store, in case they were hoping to venture out and smell like the back of a cab for a couple of hours. Or why on Wednesday, an incensed internet service provider in Idaho will begin automatically blocking customer access to Facebook and Twitter. They're allowed to do it. And the only people who should be shocked by that decision should be people like me, who didn't realize that Idaho was connected to the internet. I don't think that deplatforming is perfect. Just because Alex Jones doesn't have a YouTube page anymore doesn't mean that his followers can't still organize and share bad ideas wherever he's lurking these days. Probably behind an AOL keyword, because it's the one place on the internet no one would ever bother to look. But in a moment where literal terrorists have carried out a coup attempt and are believed to be planning further attacks on their own country. It's hard to get worked up over cancel culture when a segment of our culture is trying to cancel culture. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Randall Colburn, the internet culture editor for the AV Club. Randall? Thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. On Thursday, OJ compared the Trump-guided assault on the nation's capital to a popular action film. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, yesterday was some kind of day. It started for me playing golf with all my boys. Then at the 19th hole, we come in, and there it is, Washington, D.C. Now, I got to say, my first thought was, Olympus has fallen. You know, where's Gerard Butler? But as the day went on, it, it got serious, and I'm interested to see, is it truly justice for all, and what our government is going to do about it? I'm sure it's going to get pretty serious. I'm just saying. Take care, stay safe. Randall, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, I thought it was interesting, because what I appreciate about OJ is he tries to keep his post light with uh, pop culture references and things when he's discussing heavy stuff, and I feel like this is a good movie to do that 
And uh, Olympus has fallen. They're very silly, over-the-top action movies. The first one was so successful, they made two sequels, including London Has Fallen and Angel Has Fallen. And basically, they follow this Secret Service agent played by Gerard Butler, who is sort of a superhero who, you know, gets caught up in various political conspiracies and saves the day, you know, at the end of the day. So I think he's hoping that Gerard Butler would save the day from, uh, you know, the insurrection mob. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if we have anyone like that in the White House right now. But I also think that if, you know, OJ was in a different place in his life, you know, if his life had gone differently, I think he probably would be acting in movies like these, like nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? Oh, he's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Randall, happy birthday. Thank you so much. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott, OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, tell a friend to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, Google, any any weird app. They're all weird, just any of them. They all work. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you like it. It would be nice if you did that. I would, I would appreciate it. It is a weird time in this country. Uh, <laughs> it's weird I'm adding politics to the outro to the political podcast but i i hope i don't have to record another episode this week but i am i will if i have to i suppose for you the listener <laughs> latestpod.com for all your latestpod.com needs matt underscore greg out on twitter yeah right see you soon and by see you soon i mean hear you soon and by hear you soon i mean you'll be hearing me soon and by hearing me soon i mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast